Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hopeless Professionals podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Hopeless Professionals. Today, we are talking about Octopath Traveler, Destiny's July update, and what we've been currently playing. Let's go. podcast by diving into a game that we really amped up for quite a while and then didn't have a chance to talk about after it came out and that game is god of war for the playstation 4 travis and i dedicated a ton of time to playing it we both really enjoyed it and we're going to kind of do a kind of a low level spoiler free discussion of what we liked about it before we kind of revisit the game coming soon and we're going to talk a little bit about that Travis, what did you think about the new God of War? Uh, God of War, it's, it was a, a really huge mix of like emotions and, and situational things that happened at that time. Um, it came out on, like, I think it was April 19th or April 20th. Went to the, the local GameStop here, got my giant statued version. And uh, that was when I had first, like I just got, I think, everything to start streaming on the computer. And for the life of me, I could not get it to work. So like my excitement, and I, I didn't care. I wanted to play the game instead, but I wanted to get it to, to stream right. But it was hard to stream, so I think some of it I didn't get to stream. So that was frustrating there because, uh, you know, we, we had such a good time working our way up. I played so much God of War to get ready for it. And then I was just like, well, damn, like it's not it's not working at all. And yeah. uh, and so I, I did, wasn't really sure what to do. So it, I did what anybody did, and I just played it and beat it in, I think, two and a half days. Um, had food delivered to the house and everything. I really I really made, <laughs> made a big deal out of it. Um, but, yeah, so I loved the game. The situation that happened um, as far as the actual streaming thing was really left me left a lot to be desired. I, I think that you and I both have gotten a lot better at that than we were uh, in, in some of our infancy stages there and, and how excited we were. Um, and what about you? What were your you know initial overall opinions? Right. So I was actually going to just echo exactly what you said in regards to the streaming thing. Like we were still kind of new with streaming and we really wanted to stream the whole thing, but you and I weren't able to coordinate our schedules in a way and we were kind of in different areas. And I think we both ended up beating the game, like not even on stream or whatever. So it was really just, we, we kind of didn't have a good grasp on how the whole thing would work. I would say if we went, if we were going to play it now, we would do a much better job of kind of taking everybody along with us through that journey. But besides that, in, in regards to the game itself, I, from the moment that I turned it on and I put it in the system and it starts up with that title screen that was just a complete departure from any other God of War game, you knew that you were in for something special. What do you mean by that? So do you mean just the story, the music, or just... I mean, I, I agree with you. I just, I'd like to hear, because I know that uh, you played all the other ones as they released and, and uh, you know, had initial reactions at that point. So what do you think struck out to you either the quickest, the most radically? What what set the tone for you so fast to know that this was going to be different, but you weren't afraid of it being different? Well, despite the fact that I, I listened to every pre-release interview that Corey Barlog did with every single media outlet... You know, every God of War game kind of started with a big Kratos face, just zoomed in on half of his face. He got a big old eyeball there. And this one was zoomed out. You could see Kratos' whole body. And he had this just ominous presence just standing there. And that was kind of really what, what set the tone for me. And you, you, you immediately saw all of the detail, the detail in the tree, the bark, the, the character model that Kratos had. You start off and you chop down this tree he swings his axe and I had headphones on and I just remember the sound that came through those just immediately I was like okay we're, we're in for a treat and you can tell already that this game has everything perfected and then it starts with the animations and you see Kratos as he's trying to tie the bandages around his arms and he keeps turning his back as Atreus is coming up to him to try and talk to him and that is something that you'd really never experienced in any God of War game. 
like this, like actual true dialogue between two characters that really had deeper meaning to it than just, Oh, you're in my way. I'm going to kill you. That's a really good point. Um, and that was one of the things I think stood out for me is like all of a sudden, you know, I'll never forget how, how so damn frustrated, um, immediately with, um, the first God of War, just because like you start and it's kind of like you're thrown into this world and you're on a boat and you're, there's a, there's a giant thing and you've got to do this stuff. This one, it was like all of a sudden, you know, you're like, Oh wait, you know, where am I? Like, yeah. and, and in some ways I was kind of like, okay, so you're, we're going to have to sit through the, the cinematography of, of this situation. You're going to feel it, kind of get a feel for what's going on. And then it's going to, the tutorial is going to come up because it's not just going to be button mashing. So, you know, that, that is different. And I think they did that in a way that was, was actually, it combined everything really well. They did a, a lot of the tutorial based stuff, you know, with Atreus having to, to find the, what was it that they could deer, um, yes, and so it was. They they meshed everything together really where well. Where it wasn't like a the first fifteen minutes of the game, you don't get to take a step of your own without something stopping you, saying push L forward to walk. And uh, right, they they were assumptive enough that look, dude, if you if you're picking up this game, you need to know how to play games a little bit because this is your like the gameplay of this is going to be, um, you know, the whole the whole kit and caboodle. So get ready for it. And I thought that was really cool. Well, I think that you, you mentioned something that I, that is something that I really like in, in games is when they make the tutorial interesting. And there's a couple other games that I can really think of that do this, uh, gears of war, the first one, half-life two, um, the last of us, they all kind of do these, just a really good job of kind of putting you into the game and kind of letting you figure it out. But if you don't know what to do eventually, and we're not talking like minutes later we're talking within a, like 10 to 15 seconds if you're not pushing the right button the game will say oh you can push this button and you know if you weren't already aware of that but it doesn't stop you from moving and say like you said push a to jump push l to move no if you push l to move you start moving and then the game never gives you that prompt which is something that i think a lot of games take for granted they don't they don't trust their players to be smart enough to figure out like Hey, I played a million games. I know what to do to move my character. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm, I'm thinking like I, so one of the again, you know, spoiler free. So we're not going to talk too much about story. We're actually not going to spend too much time on this. But uh, I'm just kind of like I'm closing my eyes and going through some of the, the departures because I when I beat the game. I remember thinking throughout the game, God, I feel like it's just not even winding down. It's not even winding down. It's not even winding down. And then you beat the game, and I got so chemically depressed in my brain <laughs> and not not for any reason other than, oh, my God, it's the day after Christmas and Christmas doesn't come for another 365 days. Damn. And, uh, and you know, there's just everything was so good. But I haven't I didn't even I didn't grind a lot afterwards just because I was having such a hard time with, you know, wanting to do certain things. Um, but I'm thinking now, like whenever you go up to the lake for the first time and just you see the world serpent and just the colors and all that stuff like I uh, I know yes. some of the things we've talked about. I cannot wait to get back into it um, with the launch of the new game plus, which I mean, they still haven't even announced. Well, they know it, but not the they've announced that it's coming, but not when it's coming. Yeah. And I I don't want to say like, ooh, blah, 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 blah. But that sucks because <laughs> um, like I. I want to know that because I'm not going to like, I guess if it comes out this, this fall, that doesn't make any sense. Does it? I mean, they've just got so much else going on. Like, uh, you know, you've got Tomb Raider, you've got, uh, I mean, how we've talked about everything. I mean, E3 just happened. We all know what's going to happen this fall and into December, but I feel like they would be doing themselves a disservice if they waited that long. Well, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like, like photo mode kind of came out of nowhere after launch. And I think that this is going to be one of those things where we're just going to get on like a Thursday. Hey, guess what? New game plus drops on Monday. I'll be so pissed off tomorrow. if that happens. <laughs> because like, if I was like right now in the middle of fallout, I'm going to stop fallout. I'm going to stop playing Octo. I don't know. Maybe Octopath Traveler, but like, right. Like I would, uh, my, my body needs to prepare for that. And so I hope, I mean, like I get what you're saying. I feel like that I, I wouldn't really be upset. Like I would just, I would wake up and I would start playing that game uh, and I would be very happy about it. But I, I wonder which, what they'll do uh, because, you know, Corey has, has been very, 
I don't know, I don't know the word, but very, you know, upfront about, no, there's no DLC. No, there's no surprise DLC. Why would I do that when I can start working on the next one? Because, you know, they write about three to five more games and, and, you know, I mean, with the way that games are right now and how long it's been since the previous God of War game, I don't think they want to wait another two or three years for the next installment. Well, I think I think two years is is you're looking at the maximum amount of time that they really want to wait, which I think is reasonable for them to be able to pull off, considering the amount of work that they've done to put into world building and backstory and and all of the art and assets that they have. Uh, I think the last thing that I want to say before we move on to our news of the week is that they did a great job of making the entire game surprising. They they kept the story, the overarching story, very, very, very tight and very compact and what that allowed them to do was then build the world out a little bit more so without introducing dozens of characters but at the same time you heard about these characters and you feel like you know them so when you actually do get to see them in the sequel whenever the hell that decides that that they're going to make that game which like you said the day after christmas except this time christmas doesn't come in a year it comes in two or three years unfortunately um you're going to see these characters that they talked about and you're going to say to yourself this is what i've been waiting for just like we said that with this game although with this game like i said it was so surprising that i'm glad that i didn't spoil it for myself because when we got to the end instead of being like oh that was it I was more along the lines of they did a great job of keeping everything tight and close. They, they really did. And I, it was, I think it was you. I'm trying to remember if it was before I had even got, cause I think I called you on my way home. I was all giddy and excited and you had had yours for a few hours, but, um, you had made the statement either then or when we were talking about something else about all the reveals as astounding and graphically amazing as they were, were within the first hour of the game. Yes. And, uh, and so you, you're kind of like, Oh, like oh wow already like I expected that to be a climactic moment but no like that's that's the first part of, you know, the first time you see another person that's what you know all this stuff and I thought that was so neat how they did that and all of a sudden you know you hit an hour and a half into what's a, at least a 20 hour game if you want it to be at least and you know boom you're up in the air you don't know what's about to happen and so you can continue to follow you can continue to go um, and I thought that was really cool you know the up to everything and uh, I want to get into more, but I want to save it for the, you know, whenever we do go into everything. Because, I mean, dialogue was good, character progression, um, character development. I mean, really, really cool game. Uh, And the way they implemented the no-cut camera throughout the entire thing just really kept the... It keeps the story focused on Kratos and Atreus in a way that no other game really has ever pulled that sort of thing off before. Right. And that's uh, that's definitely going to be something that I think challenges, um, like they work a lot with, um, oh, help me out here. The, uh, people, Naughty Dog. Out, oh, well, who put out horizon? Uh, gorilla. That's what I thought. So they actually worked a lot with them, I guess a lot with the snow. Um, and they tweeted something today, but I think it was them and naughty dog who actually were at lunch together. Um, they did a picnic, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, but it's cool to see. Well, you do videos. know they, they li- they're in the same city. I did not know that. They're both in Santa Monica, yes. Well, I heard that I heard Santa Monica Studios is no longer in Santa Monica. It's not. It went, well, it is, but it's down the road next to Naughty Dog because Naughty Dog uses Santa Monica Studios motion cap studio to do all of their mocap for Uncharted and The Last of Us. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Um, I like how they. I like. I like how they kind of work together. Like, um, I guess it's all Sony, so you know everybody's whatever. But because uh, I, I, like Horizon is one game, I keep trying to get our, our buddy Adonis to play, and he's been so busy with school. He's he's kind of like I don't I don't want to play it right now. I'm, I get too involved. I'm like, well, okay, fine. Then this is definitely not you know the game to to play. Then, uh, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But um, I think it's cool that they all work together to make these great cinematic experiences when they know the finished product is going to be. A, you know, it's going to make them have to be better for their next release as well. Um, right. For like the next installment of, um, oh, that, the, that one game that you just played beat in like the coolest way ever. And, uh, and with the last of us and, um, like we're going to talk about that series, soon. So. so yeah, let's go ahead. And, uh, cause I think, I mean, 
I know I've opened up a lot more towards the God of War topic than I thought I was going to be able to after my. Well, it's a good game. I mean, it's hard not to gush about it and then continue to talk about it. It broke my heart when I beat it. I was so upset that it was over, but it was like, again, it was just the kind of thing where I was like, oh my God, that was amazing. But I, I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't keep dabbling in. But now, like I've, I've cried it out. I'm ready to get back in. And now I'm kind of, I'm kind of waiting. I want, I want that. I guess. So last thoughts. I want my next. I, I don't want to start a new game and have to gr- do redo what grinding I've done for the new game plus. But I, right. w- but I would do that if I knew it wasn't going to be until March or February or whatever. Start and, a whole new game. I would like I I, I would for, especially because I mean the Twitch account's grown so much. Um, yeah, that's, that's the type of linear uh, game that I I really would like to play. Uh, but right now with the Doom, Wolfenstein, Octopath, um, and then you've got a lot on your plate. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on. Uh, a lot of things we're going to be able to play. Uh, David and I are about to start our Far Cry Five co-op only stream awesome. so that's gonna be pretty cool but um so i know you actually had uh, a lot of news that i heard what news we have i had not heard but i scrolling through instagram can confirm one thing that you had told me so let's go ahead and uh if you're ready jump into the news and uh get get some of that out of the way all right let's do it all right so first things on the news front we're going to start with something that's just a little kind of tidbit because i don't have a lot of information on it but microsoft we know at E3, they said, we're working on the next generation of Xbox hardware. Then, just today, I believe it was, it was either today or, or yesterday, um, we're, we're, we're recording this on a Wednesday, Microsoft made an announcement that said they are announcing hardware. And that's all they said, hardware, at Gamescom. And Gamescom is like European E3. It, they believe it's held in Cologne, uh, Germany. Uh, at least that's where it's been for the last couple of years. And there's usually a lot of really big announcements at this event. It's kind of become bigger than E3 in a lot of ways. Um, the Last of Us 2 was actually announced, I believe, at the, one of the last Gamescoms. Um, they also announced, uh, or Sony announced Uncharted The Last Legacy at, at their Gamescom preference the one year. They announced both of those in the same thing. So like I said, it's been kind of, as big or bigger than E3 in, in a lot of ways. And then Microsoft also kind of teased, they have 25 surprise announcements to go along with this hardware. So I'm curious to see if they, are they announcing next generation stuff? Is it a reworking of the current Xbox just to make it cheaper or more affordable or, or whatever? Or is it something entirely different like the accessibility controller that they're working on? I really have no idea. Yeah, that's. I just looked because I, I I wasn't even aware of this, and I so I just kind of googled it real quick, and I found myself on Engadget, and and they're talking about you know what could this be? Could it be a smaller version or like a rehash of the original Xbox? Uh, could it be the last or like a remake of the last Elite controller? Uh, and just so a couple of things like that, which which this is the best kind of stuff because if they're going all the way over, could it be the next generation? Is it a smaller revised edition of the Xbox One X? Is it a cheaper version of the Xbox One? Is it an electric chair to put Sony in so that they'll start doing crossplay? <laughs> I don't know, um, but it, I think it'll be it'll be cool to see you know what they announce, and I'm glad they're hyping it up because I think that Microsoft this year has done fantastic. They killed it at E3. They're killing it in the game right now, where they're getting all the positive press. Sony's getting every. Right. Like, it's hard to get a lot of. I mean, and, and obviously Sony's still got the games, but uh, you know there's a lot of pressure mounting on Sony right now with, with a lot of these things. And, uh, and they're not budging. Like they're not even worried. Well, you know it. why that is though? Money. Well, when Xbox, when Microsoft was number one in the last console generation, they were the same way that Sony is now when they were top dog, they were the same way when it came to cross play and all of these other things. Now that they're the underdog, Sony is outselling Microsoft currently at a rate of, I think two, a little more than two to one. There's 70 some PS4s compared to 30 some million Xboxes. So them being the good guy now makes them look better because they did have a lot of negative PR when the Xbox one first launched. If you remember, and you may not, cause you were not really, I don't remember you mentioning anything about the Xbox one. I don't even think I knew you when the Xbox one came out, but I'll reiterate and say when the Xbox one launched, they had this sort of, 
you're going to buy this and you're going to play our games and you're not going to be able to play without an internet connection. You're not going to be able to trade in your games. You're not going to be able to lend your games to your friends. You always have to be online. Your games are registered to your console only. And that put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And if you remember during that E3, PlayStation actually made a joke video they probably filmed it in 10 seconds and they put it on their E3 conference that said, this is how you trade games on the PS4. And it was two of the execs from PlayStation and the one guy hands him the other game and he takes it from him and then they smile at the camera. And that was kind of like the mic drop for PlayStation against Microsoft at that time. Wow. wow. And then this is like Microsoft getting them back saying, hey, look, everybody can play with with." their friends wherever they're at except if you're on playstation so i think it's funny though that because like i we, we talk a lot about fortnite we're going to talk about it a little bit here uh we're not like we're, we're not fortnite streamers we'll never be a fortnite stream um but with fortnite's popularity and xbox's willingness to like uh, fortnite's launch on the nintendo switch and uh that working kind of with xbox and uh the accounts and everything it's funny because that many people are now aware it's not like, you know, Wolfenstein or, you know, right. one of these cult classic games. It's this viral sensation of all ages. Like, well, what the hell? Now I have to have two accounts because Sony won't do what? And, and, and it's just, it's funny to see that come up the way that it has. Um, and I, I mean, it seems like Sony's kind of just going to, you know, bear out the storm or what have you. But it's, it's funny to see how those things have happened. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, it, it's going to work out for the best for everyone in the long run. I think that's enough, though, about Microsoft. But anyway, you mentioned Fortnite, and I, I, I just came across a little news information that said Fortnite has made over a billion dollars since October. When you figure that's um, about, that's about nine months They've made a billion, more than a billion dollars in nine months. And you had mentioned something about how you said Fortnite is just everywhere. I honestly haven't noticed that. But at the same time, I've noticed now my son has been playing Fortnite because it's on the Switch. I've been playing it a little bit now that it's on the Switch because it's an easy game to pick up and play for a couple minutes and feel like, okay, this is, this is fun. Um, but at the same time, it just doesn't grab me for some reason and i don't see myself playing it consistently for whatever reason well, first so that all, was just the kind of little thing yeah. i wanted to say about that game i'm going to interrupt you because it's to- that's that's total bs that you i used to try so hard at that game and i got maybe top 10 like twice ever and now you're just like nonchalantly playing on the switch getting like battle royales or whatever they're called like all the time <laughs> but i was able to via a very what was it some type of instagram they did verify that it was a billion dollars specifically in cosmetic items is what uh, fortnite is reporting which is pretty well that's what it is it's free to play exactly yeah yeah so it's uh you know to only have to pay for those skins and uh, i think it's pretty messed up that now i read a bunch of stuff and they they talk about people like me as no skins because i don't have a a skin but um that's that sounds a little elitist i know that's where i'm coming from like now my feelings are hurt um this just real quick this isn't news but uh it's news for me i do like h1z1 i've been playing that quite a bit um this is this is the trend this is our quick transition into what we've been playing um h1z1 a lot of fun it's more my style of shooting um less cartoony and i can't build which is which is good because that was a skill i didn't have um so h1z1 greater sign Fortnite, fight me for you i mean hey listen if i if i had to pick between the two i think h1z1 looks a little more interesting to me um but i like Fortnite for a lot of the same reasons that i like you know other nintendo games it looks like a nintendo game and playing it on the switch makes it a little more like it makes me want to play it a little bit more because like i said it is i have it if i'm if i get tired of playing some other games i can literally pop into that play two or three matches play 50 v 50 come out on top and feel like okay at least i gained a little bit of experience or whatever um let's move on to just a i think i have one more news item before we get into what we've been playing and i'm going to save um one of our news items to kind of talk about what we've been playing okay but the next thing i wanted to mention is that uh, destiny 2 a game that has struggled to kind of please its fans 
just came out with a really huge July update. And I've been playing a, a, a decent amount of Destiny 2, and this new update actually makes me want to kind of keep playing a little bit more because they're doing a lot of quality of life, and they added a lot of cool stuff. So the big thing is PvP is now 6v6 in quick play, which is awesome. They did some changes to the exotic armors to make them more exotic, more desirable to use. They added bounties. So the Vanguard and the Crucible each have five daily bounties and they expire after 24 hours. So you pick them up and you have to do them within 24 hours or they're deleted from your inventory, which has kind of been a point of contention with the destiny fans i've been reading on the reddit and a lot of them have said that's really stupid don't do that just give us 20 slots or something and make us you know we can't hold more than that because deleting them after a day is kind of dumb and i i think i agree with that um they have implemented the moments of triumph for destiny 2 year one which you can start working on now and it will track your progress for a lot of the stuff but then there are Five hidden bounties, I believe, five or six hidden bounties that will be released on July 31st. And then with that, you'll be able to unlock 400 level armor. And then the cool thing about it, too, is it kind of they've added this neat little tiering system to it where you get the armor and it's blue. You go and you play an objective or you accomplish these objectives tied to the armor and then it upgrades it to purple. You you do it again. It upgrades it to level 400. You do another set of objectives and then your armor is masterwork. And I thought that was a really cool idea. And I hope that they continue that with Forsaken because that would be something that I would be willing to do as long as the objectives are interesting enough. Yeah, I think that's a cool progression system where it's it's a promising grind and it's rewarding enough to to make you want the next tier, but your current tier is still viable. Exactly. And then the also the cool thing too is if you like the way that it looked, because apparently the way the armor works is it's like it's a little bit dusty, then it's better, and then it's like totally decked out with all of these 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 like gold flare and stuff. They're actually adding ornaments to the armor that lets you change it back to the appearance of the older versions, but you you know you retain your power level and everything with it, which I think is a is actually a pretty good idea. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I look forward to seeing what they're going to do um, in the. I guess I can't call it the Taken Queen anymore. We have to call it the Forsaken DLC. Hey, I think Forsaken looks awesome. The the new supers sound like they're really going to be fun because if if we're being honest, in in PVE, the supers suck. They are really miserable for the most part. There's a couple the the hammers are okay, the Nova Bomb is okay, the Arc Blade is actually pretty good right now. Um, but for the most part, like being a, a fist of havoc Titan or a storm caller in PVE, it, it, it sucks you feel so weak. It takes forever to kill a yellow bar enemy. And that's a, a huge bummer. And I think that with these new supers, they're going to fix a lot of that stuff. And then the last thing destiny two related that I want to talk about before we get into what we're currently playing is iron banner got a huge reworking. So they made it much more Iron Banner themed for the matches, which I think is a wonderful idea. And I don't know why they didn't do this before. But if anybody who's played Iron Banner in Destiny 2, they, it, it is always control. They went from 4v4 to 6v6, but it was still control. And you go in, you capture the points, and the flags change colors. And that was really it. There really wasn't anything different other than Lord Saladin instead of Shax did the narration. But now... They changed the capture points to be these Iron Banner fire pits, and they're on fire, and when you capture them, they light up in like a blaze of flames, and apparently they they say wolves howl when you do that, so it's much more themed. And then the biggest change in regards to gameplay for Iron Banner control is that if you get a power play, and a power play is when you capture all three zones simultaneously— which in Destiny 1 was a big no-no because if you did that, you flip the spawn points and then you put yourself on the losing track. Um, now, in Iron Banner, if you manage to pull off a power play, it actually locks the zones down for 20 seconds, allowing the commanding team to get a huge lead, which I think is is going to be 
highly debatable how people enjoy that when it actually happens. But I'm curious to see what it's like come the next Iron Banner. Yeah, that's really interesting. I could see. I mean, obviously, like you listen to the podcast, you talk to the the content creators or the uh, the influencers online of Destiny, and and the 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 argument there is is that the no skins of destiny that are, are the kind of just there running around doing whatever um you know they're they're not playing the objective well that turns iron banner into a much much more objective driven game uh, you know or else you're kind of just screwed so i mean that's i could see that being good and i could see that being the bad right and you know i think too it's either going to teach people hey i have to pay attention to the zones i can't just run around shooting things in Iron Banner, which is what a lot of people do right now. They literally, I played a lot of Iron Banner last week because I wanted to get a full set of Iron Banner armor for my warlock. And I, I missed out on the gauntlets and the chest, but that's okay. Because like I said, there's going to be another one, but I noticed that if you're on a team with people, a bunch of randos and people aren't communicating with each other, there is a, a great possibility that your teammates are going to be running around, not capping points, not defending points and just playing it like it's a normal game of clash. Yeah. And I think that, I think they've, I've struggled with that for a long time, trying to make sure that it's objective enough, but kill based enough. So I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be, I, I think they'll tweak it. 20 seconds seems like a long time. Um, it does, but uh, I could see that, uh, that you know shaping out to be the way that things go so that's really cool i i have a hard time wanting to get back into destiny 2 especially with how many games i played in the first half of this year not playing only destiny um but uh you know if it's if it's where i need to be it's where i need to be um you know that that destiny 1 will always have a place in my heart and i I feel sometimes upset that destiny 2 kind of wound up the way that it did Yeah, I agree. And I was actually, when I I was playing PvP the other night, and our friend Barry was in the chat, and he was talking about it, and I said to him, you know, this was Destiny 1. It would just feel so much more different. I'd be doing more stuff. It, it It would just be more fun overall. Yeah. Which is kind of sad when you think about it, because Destiny 1 was, the PvP was frustrating, but it was fun the raids were fun they they struggled for a little bit and they really figured out a good way to keep players invested and i feel like they haven't quite gotten to that point yet with destiny 2 although i'm hoping that with forsaken they're bringing back a lot of the things that made people come back to destiny year or week after week okay so we'll see yeah that's fair is that so would you say that is is destiny 2 what you've been playing the most because i know that you played recently but uh but you also talked about what you haven't or what you've been playing uh you know kind of it is not what i've been playing the most and i think that's a good transition into what we're currently playing so before i go into what i just finished playing i want to talk about a game right now that is actually currently the best-selling game in north america and japan and that game is Octopath Traveler. In case anybody doesn't know, Octopath Traveler was just released last uh, Friday, July 13th, for the Nintendo Switch. It was developed by Square Enix, and it was actually developed by a company that Square Enix owns, and the name is escaping me right now. But they made... This company made two games on the 3DS. They made Bravely Default and then Bravely Second, which are wonderful rpgs i know that parts of those were highly debatable for some people but if you figured out how to play them and you you figured out the stories in those games it was really interesting but so talking about octopath traveler it's the best-selling game right now the art style is absolutely incredible the music is fantastic i probably sunk about eight hours into it already and I can't wait to play more. What I know you've been playing a little bit. What are your initial thoughts on this game? It I so I was we I recently took a small trip, um, and so I brought my Switch for the first time that I think I think ever on the plane to play. And uh, I was like, okay, I downloaded that demo and I started it, and there was just so many words and like all this stuff, and I was just like, like I was too tired at the time, and I was just like, okay, I'm gonna put it down. You know, and then uh, when I got back from the trip, it was the day after release. And so I went and got it, and I was like, okay, you know, I've, I've slept. Let's play. And immediately, I was just like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Okay, you're running over here. You're doing, oh, the, the combat is kind of like, 
like old school, you know, Final Fantasy. Um, like I was just with a twist. Yeah, and uh, I thought it was. It made me wish I would have gotten ten minutes further the first time that I had played it because now I know I'm behind because the demo you you kept your progress. But there's a lot that I still want to figure out. I think I'm about an hour and ten minutes into it, and uh, but it, it's a lot of fun. I look forward to streaming it. Um, just so that people can, that you know, we hang out with can kind of see what it looks like and decide if they want to purchase it as well. Um, but I, I like it. I think the the way it plays is fantastic. The art style is what I think makes it really stand out, uh, and the story makes me. It's campy enough to to be familiar, but different enough to where you're interested to know what's going to happen. Well, so you you picked Ulbrich. Yes. Correct to start. Yeah, Oberlin or something like that. O- yeah. Ober Oberic. Oberic. So he's the he's the warrior. He's the knight, and he was kind of shamed, and he goes into hiding, and then he he does his story is very vanilla. I will say. Um, You're vanilla. I I played Cyrus. That he was my main character because his backstory really kind of hit a note when I was reading about it. He's you know in search of knowledge. Um, he lives in a, in a town where knowledge is, is, you know, considered to be of great reward. And his story was really interesting because you think it's going to be about one thing and then it totally changes at the end. And then this, the twist actually for his story is what sets him off on his adventure. And I was, I was genuinely surprised when I got to that. That's pretty cool. And then, yeah, no, go ahead. No, that's cool. I, uh, because I, uh, it was, so I went in going through, like, I was very much like, a, let me find something that, kind of like when you choose the Barbarian in Diablo. It was just like, let me pick something. I don't want to have to learn a whole lot. This looks like a smashy guy. Let's jump in and go. And right. then, uh, but then, and then all of a sudden there was the story and I was like, man, like, damn it, I got to read. And, uh, it, but it was, it was rewarding, you know, learning more and more. And, uh, so kind of as I'm going through, I like what I've read, um, but it, I, I also look forward to replaying it or at least, you know, meeting the other seven people and seeing kind of how different they all are and how they mesh up together. Right. Well, so here's the thing. And this has been when I've been reading reviews about this game. Some people have praised the game for what it is. You know, it's eight contained stories. It's got amazing production values. It's got a fantastic battle system. And then other people have kind of been down on it for the, the, the story. That's the one sticking point for a lot of, for not a lot of people, for a small section of the games journalists that I pay attention to. They have said that there's not a lot of cohesion between the different stories. At the same time, the art and music and battle system makes up for that. But it would have been even better if the story was all cohesive. And I will say, I'm, I've now recruited four of the eight. And the way the game is structured, it kind of forces you to recruit all eight people before you move on. Because if you look at your world map after you beat the prologue for your, your chosen character, I'm not sure, did you beat the final boss for Ulberic's story yet? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't... Uh... You would know that you did because he is he's he takes up the entire half of the screen okay, then where yeah. the enemy stands. Then yeah, I did because it, it's oh, okay. it's the guy that sends you on the the adventure to find yes. oh, that guy. Yeah. And he was huge. Okay. Like I was I died like four or five times. And yeah, he's fucking hard. Yeah, I was like damn okay, that makes me feel better because I was like, damn this game. No, he's hard. And I I he was my third character that I recruited and I had a hard time on that boss. But I had two other people that were able to, to stay alive and heal and I'm I was able to get through him on the first try, but he was definitely the longest fight I had, had so far. That makes me feel better. All right. Um, I went with Cyrus because Cyrus has a, a his ability. He has this ability where he can see the enemy's weakness every time you you encounter an enemy. So when you encounter a pirate, you learn their weakness. So if you encounter the same type of pirate, you learn another weakness. So by fighting battles with Cyrus, you learn all of the enemy's weaknesses which makes it really easy you're not guessing do i use my sword do i use my spear do i use my bow no you can see oh okay if i use my sword i can i can deal more damage to the enemies and that's why i went with him first 
That's pretty cool. But so I like the game because, like I said, so if you beat the first chapter for your character and you look at your world map, you'll see it'll say chapter two and it'll tell you where you have to go. But there will be a level requirement next to it. And the level requirement is something like 20 or 24 or something, which seems astronomical because I think I was only five or six when I beat my first chapter. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. The game forces you to kind of go around and pick up all of the other characters because as you're picking them up, like my Cyrus is now level 13 and I'm on my fourth story. So I think by the time I get through all eight, I'll be 20 something. And then I can go do the chapters, or I'm sorry, the characters chapter twos. And I kind of like the way that's structured because it, you get to experience everybody's story kind of in your own way because you can go about the map and pick up whoever you want in any order i'm going clockwise down so i went from cyrus and i'm just going down in a circular fashion around the map and i'll end up back where cyrus was that's pretty cool okay i mean i've i I just left that first area and i've made a couple turns and i fought a little bit i keep going back and forth thinking if i should need to go spend like way too much money on this one particular sword or not so i need to just if you want to get it don't don't because you get so much money okay okay well and there we go that's why we do these podcasts so that i can figure out my woes if i were you i would say go to the right and north so you can pick up Tressa. She's the merchant. Okay. And she has a, an ability where she finds money every time you enter a new area. She finds like 100, 200 coins every time you enter a new area. So that's a cool way to get more cash. Uh, and I think her story is just really endearing. I So far, I've liked all four of the stories that I've done. And I'm curious to see because I've heard that the other four have just as much interesting twists kind of to them except for I think they said one of them's a little straightforward but honestly I don't even care because I like the voice acting I love the music and the art style of the game just makes me want to keep playing I just love the pop-up book kind of 2d 3d thing that they came up with the the tilt shift and the the perspective is just so incredible I really hope that this game does well enough for them that they say we're going to do more games in this style. And maybe they nail both the gameplay and the story, you know, in the next iteration. Yeah. Yeah, that would be really cool. It would be cool to see just that type of art style get its own place um, where it's it's not like that JRPG type of, you know, uh, Xenoblade, uh, but it's able to take on. Because they, they, it's exploring the new type of graphical apprentices that you can have on a handheld like the nintendo switch right and you know what you say there it kind of is actually a great point to the the console's strengths because the game looks good on the tv because i was playing it on a 65 inch tv but then at the same time you take it off the dock and you hold it in your hand and it looks just as good no matter where you play it yeah it, it which is incredible with the scale down I've, I've played a little bit i've got a 24 inch tv that i play on the streaming area right and uh and i it's just it looks so good so like going back and forth even between those um not not any issues that i've ever seen uh making sure that that stuff does well um to I'll kind of skip a little bit as far as topics go. Um, like, no, I think that's pretty much everything we want to say on that game. It's excellent. If you're interested in, in RPGs, especially old-fashioned JRPGs, you should check it out. Well, just in, and so for you, one of the things, because um, we were going to talk about uh, Octopath since you were so much further, but another thing, um, because of how your classes and things have, have worked out, um, you didn't stream as much as I know you wanted to for a while and i feel like you you were able to pick it up a little bit more in the last two or three two weeks or so how do you i had a summer break which was wonderful and i wish that summer break was more than two weeks <laughs> you know i i definitely i wish that we just always got summer breaks within jobs as well and i think that would really take care of a lot of uh a lot of issues for adults yes. but uh the uh so how do you how do you like it i mean we were able to we jumped pretty fast at you know a couple hundred followers which is really cool so thank you to everybody if you're listening and you're a follower over on uh, hopeless professionals on twitch um you know how do you how do you like jumping in and i mean it's just because for for a long time it was just us and our mobile phones and uh yeah you know and, and 10 followers or 15 followers and uh, it's just so much different now there's you know so much fun talking to everybody and doing all that stuff and you know we're not we're not big by any means but we're, we're 
like it's it's kind of just fun to be doing and uh, i just i'd like to get some of your takes on that well so i i i you know i streamed on and off not nearly as much as you were able to and when i finally had the time to do it i was i, I wanted to pick a game that i i kind of was an expert at and i really wanted to push myself to play it in a way where i'm not only narrating what i'm doing but at the same time, I'm hopefully showing people something new. And then as well, because I know the game well enough, I felt like picking a game that I knew well enough to be able to narrate my adventure through it would give me the opportunity to learn how to balance playing and talking to the stream at the same time. Yeah, that's So I, I picked The Last of Us, and I know that you had just finished streaming it because we were so amped up on that game from E3, but I went for taking grounded mode on new game plus for a couple reasons. One grounded mode is the greatest challenge in that game Two, the new game plus trophy for grounded mode is like 0.6% of the people who played that game have it. So I thought it'd be really cool to get a trophy that not a lot of people have. And when I started playing it, it starts off slow and there's not a lot of interesting things that are going on with that game. But then as we started to get to different areas and we had our buddies coming in, David and, and Barry were stopping by cause they're big fans of that game. And then having other people stop by that were like, wow, you know, I have, th- you're, you're doing a really good job at this. I was like, this is kind of cool being able to play a game that I really enjoy talking about why I like it, talking about, here's what you can do in this situation because I know a lot of the little tricks for that game, especially in that mode to be able to beat it because you have to kind of, kind of have to be extra sneaky in certain parts. And I know you even made comments like you stealth that entire section. How did the hell did you pull that off? Yeah, it was, it was one of my favorite parts of, of watching you stream that is because I learned, because I've played, I've played through it twice, so seeing how you do it on a harder difficulty, but also some of your excitement when you go through and you complete an, a section in a way that maybe you hadn't before, and then, you know, you're kind of just sitting, like, I, I don't remember what your, what your quote was, you were like, oh my god, I can't believe I just did that. Like, yeah. you, you said that probably 10 or 15 times throughout the game, and, uh, and it's just, it was a kind of a token to the way that you were not only, you know, remaining entertaining for the people, uh, myself, David Barry, that were watching, but also your gameplay was, was going really well. It wasn't like either one was, uh, you know, either aspect, like you were talking about talking or playing was suffering from the stream. You know, you were, the, you were, you were doing both and doing both well, which is, which is a, which a fun feeling to know when that's happening. It is. And playing that game and streaming that game made me, made me kind of realize like, I want to stream a lot more games and I kind of want to, I want to take a maybe a little different approach to some of them. I want to stream games that I've never streamed before. I've never played before, I should say, so that people can kind of experience it along. And I think we're going to have the opportunity to do that in the fall, which is going to be really exciting. Um, I really wish I had a PC because right now I'm playing through a couple games in the Zelda franchise with my son. And I want to take that, that us playing Zelda together. And I want to stream that so people can see kind of the magic that, that can happen when you're playing games with your children and you're figuring things out together, because there are times where I know what to do and I'm letting him mess around trying to figure out where to go, kind of give him a little nudge because Zelda games, when you compare the older ones to breath of the wild, they're, I think a little harder in some ways, although breath of the wild was very contained with the shrines and stuff. The way that the twilight princess is laid out is, is a, is a magical game. And I wish that it would come out on the switch so that you could play it. Yeah, me too. Are they on PC? Like, do you think I could find them? Well, um, I I don't condone piracy, but if you could, you could emulate with a powerful PC, you could emulate the Wii U hardware. Oh yeah. No, I don't want to do all that. Yeah, it's it's not easy from what I've heard, but it's easier than emulating other game systems. But regardless, I think that if Nintendo's smart, they'll figure out a way to put those games on. But that uh, it's a little distraction from what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when the fall comes out and Spider-Man comes out and other stuff like that, I'm going to be able to play and stream some of those games with my son. And I think that's going to be exciting. And then there's going to be other games too. And I think you and I have come up with a pretty cool idea where we're going to take 
the older games in a franchise and play them up to the release of newer ones, kind of like what we did with God of War, but even more so because it's available on the PS4 in an easy fashion. Yeah, and Gears of War, we need to do that as well. Once we know when Gears of War 5 is coming out, I think. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I think that's pretty neat. Like, uh, I'm going to segue here. Um, My family just got home, so I got to kind of streamline um, hey, no, well, tell me, so you were playing Fallout 4 a lot, and I want to know what you thought of that game. Yeah, so I, that, the, one of the, re, so Fallout 76 being announced and kind of being told that it was going to be different than any other Fallout game, uh, David, who's a friend of the podcast, wanted to, or is, is a huge Fallout 4 guy. And, uh, huge. So I finally just played it, and um, he gave me a couple, you know, do this, do that. And then I'm not going to answer any more of your questions. Um, that lasted until I asked 700,000 questions and he finally <laughs> answered a couple. But um, I love that game. I loved it so much. My biggest complaint is that I tried to play it more linear than somebody should try to play Fallout. So I, okay. could, I could go through and uh, and do... So is it an open world game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's an open world game where everything kind of kind of revolves around each other up until a specific point where certain things like if think about like if if you have five timelines all running together they eventually all the timelines will stop except for one and you choose which one that is and the order that certain ones fall off oh and it was really cool not not like linear not, not legitimate timelines like you're not jump going around like uh i think quest lines or something like that but sure and uh and it was really neat to see all that happen. And I started realizing that as I was pushing through the main story that some of the side quests weren't necessarily side quests. They were other parts of the main story. Oh. Um, and and so I didn't get to experience a lot of the more open parts of what would be the main quest line because doing more with, like, say, certain factions opens up more dialogue within the main quest. Uh, the Institute is the main baddie there and so like you you that's kind of where you take on the main quest and so i pushed the institute real hard and and that's my story but um but i beat it actually this morning and uh really cool way of beating it there's still a lot more um i kept could good no i was gonna say could you have gotten a different ending yeah oh absolutely yeah i absolutely okay yeah, there's a lot of different endings, and there's now I've noticed from just some of the titles of the quests that are now available after I beat the main quest that you know there's more to do that would be different had I beat the game differently, and I thought that was hmm. cool. Um, you know, I will probably go back and replay it sometime, or I'll at least go through and like because it's the kind of game where it's a lot of fun to just jump in and go. Like run around. It's like, oh man, I haven't, I haven't either cleared out this section or there's a huge section here without any any buildings. I haven't discovered anything here. So like, you can run around there, discover things, you know, find loot and do all that. It was really cool, and um, I was I was into it. And uh, I played again. A lot of fun. Um, I look forward to Fallout seventy six. Just being in that world and having the ability or you know whatever to be with other people running around in the the wasteland i think is really exciting and going to be a lot of fun yeah i think that i i have always wanted to play fallout 4 and i i had a really hard time getting into fallout 3 and i think that's why i've been reluctant to play fallout 4 but fallout 76 with its co-op four-player co-op kind of out in the wasteland um really sounds like something that would get me into that sort of game. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, my whole thing was, um, I wanted to experience the, the wasteland and, uh, see what it was like. I didn't want fallout 76 to be my, my gateway into the world. Um, you know, if it seemed, if it's going to be a side project, I want it to be a side project. Um, you know, like where I, I know, okay, this is the, the typical, Bethesda fallout game. This is, a different iteration and right. Uh, it, but there's still lore there where they've talked about 76 at uh, the vault 76 being a thing. And, um, even some of the stuff that I learned about vault tech and, uh, what, you know, throughout that you learn throughout the games and how, you know, all the vaults were mostly to just perform experiments on groups of people. Um, 
was, was really haunting. And, uh, and so you kind of learn some of this stuff and it's this big world of lore and all this stuff. And, uh, like I'll, I would play new Vegas if it came out, all kinds of stuff. So I, I do like it. Um, I think it's cool. I look forward to the, what they're going to do in the future. That sounds awesome. I'm, I'm interested to see what more you can do now that the game is over that maybe will still push the story forward. So it, from what I gathered, it's more along the line. So there's, there's a certain number of factions and as you're going through certain factions require you to kill off other factions or you do something with a faction that makes the other faction hate you. So that's no longer an option to do those quest lines, no matter where you were in them. Um, and so it looks like now that I've completed the main quest with a certain faction, there, mm-hmm. there, I think there is another faction left. And now one of my main things is going to be to to kill that faction. And okay, and so it looks pretty neat. Um, you know, it's kind of like the end game, and uh, and it should be a lot of fun. Like I, I will wind up doing it, maybe closer to Fallout seventy six, just as a reemergence. But um, I like it. I, like. I think that's a good way to, to experience that game. You've kind of, you've taken on the whole, the main story. You still have some side stuff that you can do to get you back in the mood for Fallout 76. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about before we kind of call it a day here? No, no, I think, uh, you know, I'm going to be, I finished fallout. So right now I'm kind of in this mode of not sure what I'm going to stream next. Uh, David and I, like we said, are going to do a far cry five co-op stream, uh, I've got a Borderlands 2 playthrough with Barry and David currently, mm-hmm. uh, our two mods. Um, I got to jump in on that. It's It's been pretty cool. Maybe we should all start over and, and link that up. That would um, be awesome. But uh, otherwise, I'm going to try to stream some either Doom or Wolfenstein. Um, I say Wolfenstein. I probably will. I don't know because Doom, Doom, I don't know. I don't know. I'll probably Doom is a better game to play by yourself. I don't know how, how there's not a lot of story. There actually is a lot of story. I take that back. But I think Wolfenstein is such a cool game. It's got a lot of really cool characters, and the cutscenes are really well acted. And it's got a it's got a ridiculous soundtrack. It's, is it is it linear? I, I want something. It's linear. As linear as okay, then Wolfenstein. It's as linear as you can get, but it gives you the opportunity to do whatever you want in terms of taking on the levels you can be stealthy you can be guns blazing you can do both if you want and that's the best part about it okay then i'll do that i'll do that because wolfenstein 2 came out recently uh i just want to play doom before doom whatever came out and it's awesome yeah so um (laughs) otherwise uh, the only plug that i have is the uh, jackbox uh saturday nights that we've been doing with a couple discord communities Uh, i think that's a lot of fun Um, it's awesome like i've never heard of jackbox and now I, i i look forward to it every week so um i get questions all the time from our followers when are you guys doing that again is it not today no the best part about it is 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 playing the game on the screen but everybody participates on their phones yeah. and it's just hilarious right i think that's such an like you've got uh the bad like jumping back to Fortnite, making a billion dollars on skins then you have jackbox selling one game for 25 dollars and letting eight people play at a time or you can be right. in the audience and still have your vote counts and you can swing things <laughs> certain ways so uh it's really cool i think that that keeps growing i look forward to seeing more and more of that but uh but no that about does it for me I think the the last thing I want to say is I want to talk about I'm going to be streaming I'm going to stream Detroit I'm going to try to get through that as quickly as possible and then I think I'm going to move on to the Tomb Raider games. Ooh, um, I was thinking about that today. I, yes. Yeah, I wanted to do Uncharted because Nathan Fillion just did an Uncharted fan film and it's been just watching his fan film has made me want to play the the original game and play the whole series through. But I think I'm going to wait to do that until after the fall, kind of when there's a little bit of a lull maybe in the winter time. So my agenda, since I can't stream anything but PS4 at the moment, is going to be Detroit, maybe some Destiny, uh, and then doing the Tomb Raider games from start to finish to get ready for Rise of... I'm sorry, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. That's cool. I like it. I like it. I'll watch that. All right, I think that wraps it up. Era, thanks for everyone for listening to the Hopeless Professionals podcast this week. Please check us out, hopelessprofessionals.com. There's some new blog posts. I'm working on videos, which will be done at some point. Uh, Travis has a couple things that he's going to write about. We, you can also catch us on Twitter, Instagram, at Hopeless Pros, on Twitch, Hopeless Professionals. We're streaming every Tuesday and Thursday, at least every Saturday with the Jackbox. And then in between, we're trying to get in whatever else we can. 
Yeah, so we've had uh, quite a bit of time right now to stream, so come on over, give us a follow. Uh, we'll follow you back right now. Uh, just you know, let us know that you're into that. Uh, some people care, some people don't. So uh, we look forward to seeing you. And uh, if you if you listen to the podcast, always let us know because I think that we're definitely under the assumption that we are the only guys that listen to it, uh, <laughs> despite us uh, having a great time with it. Right. All right. Thanks, Travis. All right. Thanks, Damon. I'll talk to you guys soon. Later. Guardians out.